Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 158 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with another week of Knicks and NBA talk. lot to get to this week. We'll talk Knicks, plenty of it. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss Jalen Brunson officially becoming a member of the New York Knicks and some of the other little moves that the Knicks have made over the last week. Um, obviously, uh, we'll get to some housekeeping about last week's episode in a second as well. We'll touch on the Brooklyn Nets, a lot to still talk about surrounding the future of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward. And there's plenty to discuss in that regard. So two, two quick housekeeping items. Number one. I am back in Florida after a great trip in Texas. Uh, Really appreciate anyone that sent out uh, some support. Really enjoyed uh, working some soccer games, worked a soccer tournament out there, did some play-by-play, did some sideline reporting, really enjoyed it. So uh, I really appreciate everybody, uh, you know, continuing to listen to the podcast even while I was out traveling. And obviously the second piece of um, housekeeping was obviously, uh, because I was busy running around, you know, at different fields, talking to coaches, players, calling games, doing interviews, things of that nature. Uh, didn't have a lot of time to do the podcast. We got it in. Like I said, we don't skip any weeks around here. We get it done no matter what. And, you know, we recorded before, literally right before we put like as after I posted it and then literally went to do another game, essentially is how it was going on the trip. Um, DeJounte Murray was, you know, acquired by the Atlanta Hawks. So that that's why I put a little note in the, <laughs> in the post last week on posting and toasting.com where I uh, share the podcast with you guys. Also, uh, wherever you get your podcast in general, but, uh, I, in the in the show notes, if you will, in the rundown of the show, I had to make that little note because I didn't have any time to edit it out, had other work to do, and there was just not enough time. And we had talked about it as if it hadn't happened yet because it literally happened maybe an hour after I posted it. So, uh, And I couldn't change it. It was too late. I had too much going on. So I apologize for that, but I appreciate everyone that kind of understood what was going on and why I had to... To put in that note, and I didn't get a chance to edit it out or at least update it to to say that he had gone to the Atlanta Hawks. The Knicks miss out there, but the Knicks get their guy, and that's where we'll start. Um, the crazy wheeling and dealing 
that went on uh, during the NBA draft and um, and in the days after that, realizing what the Knicks had done, you know, I wrote an article on postingandtoasting.com and basically said that this could turn out to be one of the worst Knicks draft nights in franchise history. And just to be clear, it still might. Like, we don't know how good Jalen Brunson is going to be, but the good news is, for once, the Knicks front office got their guy. Leon Rose, World Wide West, Scott Perry, everybody involved, they did a lot to get him. Boy, did they move heaven and earth to get him, but they got him. And I think that that is a victory for the New York Knicks organization. There have been so many times where the Knicks have done this. And to be fair, Jalen Brunson is not a top 10 player in the league, but he's a hell of a point guard and the Knicks need a point guard. The Knicks have their point guard for at least the next four years, if not longer. It's a big deal. It really improves the team, especially in the short term. The Knicks have finally solidified the most important position in basketball, which they haven't done for a long time. Now, Jalen Brunson's going to have a lot to live up to. He's got his money. He's going to get his stage where he's shined before as a member of the Villanova Wildcats. And he's got a lot of pressure on him now. But I'll tell you what, the Knicks are going to be better. The Knicks have already improved the team by making this move happen. What they do around it, and that's why the DeJounte Murray to the Hawks news is, is a bit disappointing because that could have been a really nice piece to add onto this team. And to be fair, I think I think if you're a Hawks fan, I, I, I think that's a very nice addition for your team. When you look at Trey Young's defensive liabilities, DeJounte Murray kind of cleans that up. The backcourt now has a stud attacking player that can run an offense and score at will. And one of the better defensive guards in the NBA, side by side. It's a pretty good backcourt for the Atlanta Hawks. And the Knicks are now a step closer to having that as well with Brunson and Barrett, the killer bees in the backcourt for New York. I think that's a much, much more stable look with Quick coming off the bench. That is a Nick team that can compete for the playoffs. No playing required, you would think. And we'll see what else the Knicks do. I mean, the Knicks, you know, made a couple of, of of other, I don't even know if I want to call them moves, but they made other signings. They had other signings uh, this past week. I believe, I, I, if I remember correctly, at least Jericho Sims is definitely this week. Jericho Sims signed a three-year, $6 million deal to stay on with the Knicks. I think that that, you know, makes sense. You know, I, I think it's good to keep him around if, they, if he continues to develop. But, you know, and obviously Jalen Brunson signs a four-year, $104 million contract. And the Knicks get their guy. It's, it's a big deal, potentially. And then Isaiah Hartenstein, the German big man, seven-footer, 20, I think he's 24, 25, 24 years old. And the Knicks sign him to a two-year contract, former Clippers center. So could be a guy that, that helps, you know, bolster some depth behind Mitchell Robinson, who's been dealing with injuries. You know, Mitchell Robinson signs his deal as well to stay with the Knicks. And 
I'm happy because I th- I think if he if he shines, this is a very dangerous team. You know, you look at the Knicks potentially right on paper with Brunson in there, Robinson re-signed, along with Barrett and potentially Randall if if Randall sticks with them and the and the Knicks don't trade him. The Knicks have have some studs now, and I and I think with. The, the hope, right, is with Jalen Brunson now on board, things could open up here for Julius Randle to have a breakout season. That's the hope, right? If they can get on the same page, Randle and Brunson, the Knicks could have another really strong year. That's the hope. Because then you have Barrett alongside who can put up big numbers. You're hoping Mitchell Robinson can stay healthy. Now, Isaiah Hardenstein is, is going to have to play a pretty significant role because Mitchell Robinson could very easily get hurt. He has a history of it. And, you know, Nerlens Noel was dealing with injuries himself. So it, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, and obviously Nerlens Noel is gone. I'm just saying that the Knicks have had a bad history recently with the front court being hurt or not, you know, especially the center position. So this is not a nothing signing. This is a pretty important signing, actually. And the hope is that Hartenstein can come in and help open up the offense a little bit, but also provide some depth that the Knicks desperately need in that backcourt. I should say in the front court. I beg your pardon. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, it, it's going to be he's – he's an, he's an intriguing signing, Hartenstein. But, uh, you know, it'll be – It'll be an interesting one. I'm curious to see, you know, how it kind of uh, plays out. And I said earlier he's German. He's German-American. I should mention he's actually from Oregon. But he's a German-American basketball player. And, uh, again, seven feet tall. Pretty versatile from what what I remember with the the Clippers. I think he averaged like eight, eight points, five rebounds a game in, I think, 18 minutes, something like that. I was looking at his stats the other day. Pretty good pretty good kind of what the Knicks are looking for in that spot and I think he's got a little bit of a three-point shot on him so it doesn't take a lot of them but he's got a few in him so he's he's trying to develop into what the current NBA is about and he's young like I say he's 24 so if, if he works out could be a big boost to the to the depth of the squad so it'll be interesting I mean Brunson's the big get right and when you look at where the Knicks sit roster-wise at the moment, they just filled their biggest hole. And I, and I said this before the draft. I was hoping the Knicks were going to go for it. Obviously, I said that in, in regards to Jaden Ivey. But they went for their guy, the guy that they were hoping in the organization could change things that they could get, you know, and now you're hearing all the Rick Brunson tampering stuff and yada, yada, yada. And no one would be talking about that if the Knicks didn't sign him. So let, let's be very clear about this. But you look at where the Knicks stand right now with Toppin, right? Deuce McBride, Derek Rose and quickly, right? I'm curious how Derek Rose is going to fare if he can stay healthy. But Quentin Grimes too, RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier if he sticks around, right? Randall and Robinson, and on top of that, you know, I, I mean, we'll we'll see about, you know, how these new guys mesh in. 
with this roster, and obviously another guy that's going to be a little a little up in the air too, is uh, is Cam Reddish, who's still a Nick. That's still a thing. Going to be interesting to see if he'll still be on the roster and if he can potentially make an impact for the Knicks this season, this upcoming campaign. He's only 22 years old, Cam Reddish. So we'll see. We'll see what he could potentially bring to the table. But in the end, right, in the end, when you look at where the Knicks are at, where the Knicks sit with this roster as it's currently constructed, if they make no other moves, I still think the Knicks have improved the quality of the team. And it's because of the point guard position being filled. That's really what it comes down to for me. Filling that role is a huge offseason win. Now, again, we will come back to this draft if Jalen Brunson does not work out. I mean, it's it's going to happen. You know, if Jalen Brunson flops in New York, we will revisit the draft in 2022 and the Knicks will be criticized but I would have criticized them if they didn't go for it either so you do have to be fair about it and I called on the Knicks to to go for it and again Jalen Brunson was not who I was thinking about but the Knicks went for it here and they got their guy they got their guy they put their money where their mouth is And they got the guy that they're hoping gets the Knicks back into the playoffs and potentially can attract other big names to come to New York and build towards a championship. And I have to say, too, these the Leon Rose connections here allowed this to happen, most likely. That played a role. So you got to give give credit where credit is due. Leon Rose pulled some strings here and they made a lot of moves, but they got it done. They got it done. And I don't know. I, I, I'll say this. What I, what I should say is what I do know as I fumble my words there is that Jaden Ivey will, will be compared to Jalen Brunson in New York. If Jaden Ivey in five years is an all-star, and Jalen Brunson is not playing great with the Knicks or is underachieving, 2022 will be revisited. I mean, there's just no no mistake about it. Because again, the Knicks had opportunities. They tried everything they could to get Jaden Ivey, and they didn't do it. So then they moved heaven and earth to get Jalen Brunson. They got him. And we'll see how it works out. But again, these are all the scenarios that might be talked about five, seven years from now when we're looking back at the 2022 draft. But for me, my biggest hope is when you look at this five, potentially this starting five, and I guess you could say it's, I mean, Brunson, Barrett, maybe Toppin, Randall, Robinson is your five right now. If the, if the, if the regular season started tomorrow, that you can maybe, um, shuffle a few guys around there but I that's a pretty good five to be to be quite honest with you it's a five for the future as well everybody is is in their mid to late 20s um and it's a you know when you when you look at then some of the depth pieces around quickly hopefully a healthy Derek Rose 
Grimes and maybe even Deuce McBride, if he can take a step forward this season, and you add in Hartenstein, maybe even Reddish, if Reddish can get into the into the I don't even know what the right way to say, it, but get in get involved more, you know, be a depth piece on this team. The next season looks a lot different. It really does. I mean, Fournier as well. I should have God, I should have mentioned that. Maybe Fournier gets into that starting lineup. Um along with Barrett, Toppin coming off the bench. So it's formidable if it works out. You know, it's a formidable team that should be a top six team in the East. Or at least competing for it, bare minimum, competing for it. So it'll it'll be interesting. I'm very fascinating, fascinated to see how this will all work out. I don't know. I, I, part of me is, as you can tell, a little bit scatterbrained here because... I think the Knicks do need to make another move or two if they can. I don't know if they really can. They have some cap space left, but they've spent that money. They've spent a decent amount of that money already on Sims and on, on Hartenstein, you know? So the Knicks might just about be done here, but Brunson's a big get. Brunson's a big get. You know, I think that's that's the biggest thing I come back to on the positive side of it. I, and I am holding out a little bit of of, you know, concern because... The Knicks have given up a lot here. But I would be a hypocrite if I told you that I wasn't at least happy the Knicks got their guy. They went for it and they did it. They got who they thought is the right man for the job. I can't knock the Knicks for that. I can't. I would have knocked them if, if we're sitting here today and Jalen Brunson is still a Dallas Maverick. Then I don't know what the hell the Knicks would be looking like for next season. You just threw half the roster away to get nothing. You know, so, but they, they didn't get nothing. You know, I remember, I remember my first episode of this podcast was talking about the Knicks missing out on KD and Kyrie. That was my first episode of this podcast three, four years ago, however long it was, you know, and KD and Kyrie had just signed with the Nets. And the Knicks whiffed big time. They totally missed out. And they ended up having to sign the likes of Julius Randle and company to come onto this roster. You know, a lot of people were disappointed with that. Including myself. The Knicks put all their eggs in the KD Kyrie basket. There was there were rumors for a little while that KD was gonna be a Nick. There really were. It didn't happen. And that's why until the Knicks announced it and the NBA announced it that, that Jalen Brunson was a Nick, I wasn't gonna be I wasn't gonna count my chickens, as they say. But this front office got the job done here. And now we wait and see what Jalen Brunson provides. I, I will say this. I will say this. A small part of me is is excited. Is excited to see what Jalen Brunson's going to bring. There's you. We just got a big piece, a point guard, and I want to see how he looks running this offense and playing some D and getting Julius Randle involved and getting him back to where he was when he was an All Star two years ago. You know, throwing up lobs to Mitchell Robinson, getting him more involved in the offense. Brunson and Barrett. You know, Fournier and, and Brunson could do a lot of good work on both ends of the floor working together. I mean, there's there's potential here. There really is. 
some good potential with this Knicks team. Now that they've solidified the point guard position. And now there's no excuse, right? The Knicks have got to be better. They've, they've gotten what they needed. They just addressed their biggest hole on the team with a really good signing in Jalen Brunson. Now, we got to see the improvement. We got to see this team take a step back towards where they were in, in Coach Tibbs' first season, where they made the playoffs and were a four seed and hosted a first round series. That is where the Knicks need to be in and around next season. I'm not saying the four seed, but you know what I mean? They need to be towards that top six in the East, avoiding the play in. And it won't be easy. The East is getting better and better. And this is why this move was important for the Knicks as well. They got to, they got to stay in, they got to stay somewhat in, you know, touching distance with the Celtics and the Sixers and, and whatever's left of the Nets, you know, and, and the Bucks. they got to stay towards that. The Hawks, they got to keep up with the Hawks who just made that big move with Murray. So that's going to be really interesting to see and the Knicks this Knicks move keeps them in contention puts them back in the mix and we'll see what they can do from here next season and and, and the years to come in trying to improve the team and and getting better results on the court speaking of the Nets we were talking about them briefly oh baby are we going to talk about them next the soap opera in Brooklyn is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. We'll catch you after the break. We shift from Manhattan to Brooklyn for the second half of the show. We talked a little bit about this last week. We're talking about it again. What the heck is going on in Brooklyn with the Nets? Uh, more and more people, to be honest, are talking about that than are talking about the Knicks. I'm just talking about in my circle, my basketball circle of friends um, and, and colleagues. Everyone wants a, wants a two cents on the Nets this week. It's it's unreal what's going on. Um, the, the little news, we'll get to the little news first because the Nets actually did make a couple of signings. Uh, not KD and Kyrie. They re-signed Nick Claxton uh, yesterday or earlier today, I guess, on the 7th. Uh, obviously, podcast recorded on the Thursday, out on the Friday, as always. And the Knicks also on the same day, on Thursday, again, the day the podcast is recorded, signed TJ Warren as well. So... Sean Marks made a few uh, a few acquisitions, um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, TJ Warren is is a solid scorer. He's had some good seasons with Phoenix and uh, just recently uh, Indiana before signing with Brooklyn. But basically, the Nets are tr- are scrambling right now to try to put a, a team around Katie and Kyrie that they'd be willing to come back to. And it is wild to see how quickly this has happened. Um, but that's what everyone's talking about. Are the Nets going to be able to get a team together that's going to keep Katie and Kyrie in, in with the Nets? And I, I don't think it's possible at this point. I, I don't know. You know? It's wild. And, and the tough part, too, is that I think KD has four years left on his contract. And oh, how much does 
This one, I didn't check Kyrie's. Katie, I think, has got four years left. And I'm going to check, uh, is it Spot Rack? I'm going to check Spot Rack real quick. Apologize if that's not how it's pronounced, but I forget how much is left on Kyrie's. Kyrie has, oh, he's got one year left. Kyrie's got one year left on his contract, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2023 so Kyrie's a little bit of an easier move potentially here although again he's next year he's going to be paid 36 and a half million dollars KD is the difficult one here and again from reports it seems like if if Kyrie goes KD's gonna go as well and KD is owed a crap ton of money you know, KD's not an unrestricted free agent until he's 38. That's in 2026. And I'll just tell you what he's owed over the next four years. Just under $43 million for next season. 46 and a half for the year after that. 24-25, he's owed just under $50 million. And for 2025-2026... Kevin Durant is owed just over $53 million. That's a bleep ton of money. And I I think there were some rumors or reports. I forget if it was just talk or if there was some word to it. But I think the Lakers at one point were trying to move heaven and earth to get KD or Kyrie to try to do it. And I know they need a third team. I, I was reading a report earlier today about you know, maybe the Spurs hopping in in a KD or sorry, in a Kyrie Russ swap to get uh, to get sorry to get Kyrie to the Lakers and to get Russ the the bleep out of there. Basically, um, I don't think KD would involve be involved in anything like that. But it seems more like KD again, just looking at what could happen in the next few weeks here. There's chatter now on whether or not the Suns could potentially get Kevin Durant to come play for them, essentially. And, I mean, it's it's just it's just remarkable what has happened here. Um, apparently, Phoenix is at the top of Kevin Durant's shortlist. Um... The man just can't keep himself away from super teams. Uh, You know, had a great team with Harden and Westbrook coming up. They were all drafted, of course. But then Golden State, you know, two championships there. Could have been more if he had stayed, as you can tell from this past season, of course. Would have been a lot more. And then, you know, with with Kyrie and, and James Harden in Brooklyn, then Harden for Simmons, and now... Now KD wants to go team up with Devin Booker and Chris Paul in Phoenix. And apparently it could be a deal where DeAndre Ayton would would go to the Nets. Man, oh man, it's remarkable. Um, The first person I thought of when I started reading the Brooklyn Nets stuff, I'm sorry, the uh, Phoenix Suns rumors in particular, along with, you know, obviously Brooklyn being involved heavily here, is Ben Simmons. the first person I thought of the first person I thought of because what on and I think I mentioned this last week a little bit but like what on earth must be going through that guy's head right now 
you got your wish, right? You get traded from, from Philly to Brooklyn, and you're thinking, man, I got KD over here. I got Kyrie over here. Steve Nash is a player's coach. I get to do a little bit more of what I want to do. Don't have to listen to Doc Rivers and you know his great regiment and being strict and down to business and and everyone you know listens to the coach and stuff like that. Brooklyn player empowerment, you know all this stuff. I get more of a say. It's what I deserve. Oh, Kyrie wants a, a KD wants a TJ Warren. It's not looking so good right now for Ben Simmons. Yikes. Yikes almighty. And if I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan right now, I've heard from a lot of you this week. Oh boy. The future's not looking so good. If Ben Simmons is all you get at the end of this offseason, oh my gosh. That is a rough offseason for the Brooklyn Nets. If you lose Kyrie and then lose KD, which is looking more and more likely by the minute, that both of them are going to leave. However, whatever it takes, right? They will find a way out. And, and to be fair, if we're just talking contract and numbers, I mean, Kyrie, I mean, it's basically a done deal. If he wants out, the Nets are going to get rid of him. Because you can't keep him and then, for all we know, he's not going to play next year and then you're going to lose him for nothing. You got to trade him. The Nets almost have to get rid of him if he wants out. KD is a little different because of how many years he has left, but if the Suns are going to give you what you what you're looking for in return for Kevin Durant, I think you got to pull the trigger. And the tough part about it is Brooklyn has no future assets left over. So they better get a lot of future stuff from the from the Suns or whoever in a trade here. And I would even argue in a potential Westbrook Irving swap if I'm the Nets, I need some draft picks. Like yesterday. I need some picks. I need some equity for the future in return. And by, by equity, obviously, I mean draft picks. I need a future. Because the future, if the future is just Ben Simmons, TJ Warren, and Nick Claxton, maybe Joe Harris in there as well. I mean, Patty Mills has opted out. Not looking good for him coming back right now. And then Steve Nash is your coach. He's inexperienced. The whole point, right, was to have a player-friendly coach to appease Kyrie and KD. Now you're going to need a group that needs to be developed. And Steve Nash is not that guy. Not right now. Brooklyn has really backed themselves into a corner here. And, And a buddy of mine was asking me this just before I came on to record the podcast and he goes, how the hell did this happen? How did it go badly so quickly? And I, and I said, listen, this is the dangerous game in today's NBA. This is what can go wrong. And the front office is the only people that you can look to and say, well, that's the bl-. like." There were a few people that were they were calling on Steve Nash, just in my friend group, that are saying, well, Steve Nash is the reason, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's the front office. They gave Katie and Kyrie too much power. And they have now taken full advantage of that power. They feel like their time in Brooklyn is done. Thanks, but no thanks. 
on any future endeavor with each other. And they both are like, all right, I, I, I see greener pastures. I'm getting the bleep out of here. Because to be fair, right, Kyrie and KD were a package deal. One came with the other. That's how they're leaving. You know, KD's whole allure with getting the move to Brooklyn was that Kyrie was going to be there. Well, Kyrie wants out. And you know what? If Kyrie's not there, KD's not sticking around. I mean, how could you think any different? That's how you got both of them. So any Brooklyn Nets fans that are that are putting the puzzle pieces together, it's not that hard. They came together. They're leaving together. They might not go to the same place, but they're not sticking around. Make no mistake. And the next, I said this last week too, I think. The next five years of Brooklyn Nets basketball is looking pretty murky right now. It's not looking too good. Not only are there no stars left on this Brooklyn Nets team, there's not many leaders left. Not many leaders as far as on the court or off the court on this team. This is this is a team that might be looking into getting a culture change very soon. You know, again, with all due respect to, to the new signings and the re-signings, right? Warren, Claxton, and, and I think there might have been one other in there. Nobody there is jumping off the page in any regard. They're good players, but no one that can carry you to a win in a game. And on top of that, leadership. Not saying that Katie and Kyrie are, are big-time leaders, but at least they led by example on the court when they played, especially Kevin Durant. But we're talking rah-rah leaders? I, who, who was, who's there? Ben Simmons? Good luck with that. Guy, guy can barely run an offense. And the reason he struggles with that, again, he's a great passer, great defender. He can't shoot the damn ball. So it's hard to rely on him to be a leader on the team. He can't do it. Not right now. This is part of the development that Ben Simmons has yet to go through. And again, I, I can't imagine if Brooklyn ends up with just Ben Simmons and that's it. As far as notable names. Yeah, again, in that, in that borderline star category, right? With all due respect, I mean, Joe Harris is a good player. TJ Warren is a good solid score, but there's nobody on the team that you would rely on to get you to the playoffs. And that's the worry. And again, need I remind you who the coach is of this future Nets team? If this all gets confirmed and Katie and Kyrie leave. I wouldn't be shocked if the Nets start looking for a new head coach. I'm not saying they're going to do it during the offseason. But I think you got to be prepared for a bad start to a season and potentially having to let go of Steve Nash as well. Because this is frankly not what he signed up for. This is not what he was brought in for. 
He was brought in to appease Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And we all know this. This is not news. It's very clear. Well, now you got no stars. And Steve Nash, with all due respect, is not built to develop an NBA team right now. He's too young in his experience as a coach. He hasn't had enough coaching to really go through that. They, they're going to give him a shot, you know. They obviously saw something in him regardless or they wouldn't have hired him. But, but this, this blueprint for Brooklyn is not what they initially had in mind. And you could say, right, that, well, all these guys were out during the season and, and yada, yada, yada. But Steve Nash was, you know, resting guys and knowing that these guys were going to come back at some point as well. So there is going to be a huge adjustment here for him and his coaching staff. And I'm going to be very curious to see how they do. Like, to be fair, I could be, I could be proven wrong here. And Steve Nash maybe has a good start to the season. But let's be very honest here. This Brooklyn team's not going to be a factor in the playoffs if it stays like this. No shot. No chance, frankly. The way the East is going, I mean, I I even now look at the Knicks and I say, if, the, if it works out with Jalen Brunson, the Knicks could be ahead of the Nets very quickly here. Within a year. It's possible. And, and mostly that's because of how crazily it's turned for the Nets more than what the Knicks have done. Knicks have you know, solve the point guard position potentially for the next four or five years. But the Nets have just lost two of the best players in the NBA after one of them didn't get a vaccine mandate and barely played last season. So how much of Kyrie did you really get, Brooklyn? I mean, that's really, that's really rough. And KD was hurt for a good chunk of last season. Besides KD's heroics in the postseason two years ago, I mean, what did you really have? That's the sad part. Besides KD, you know, having that crazy series against the Bucks, and if he doesn't have a foot on the line, they win the series. That's really all you had. That's it. And then just a lot of Kyrie crap. I mean, that's really, that's the legacy of Kyrie in Brooklyn. Just a lot of garbage. On and off the court. You know, it's it's rough to see it, to be honest. I know, listen, I'm a Nick fan. That's a rival fan base. But, you know, a, a couple of my friends were, were beside themselves that are Nets fans. Couldn't believe it, how quickly this has turned sour. I can't blame them for being bitterly disappointed with how the front office has handled this. But part of me isn't surprised because of who it is that's involved and what what era in the NBA we're in you know and, and this is what happens when you can get, when you get into bed with stars like this when you didn't draft them on top of that and even when you did but especially when you didn't how quickly it can turn in the opposite direction and the 2022 2023 Brooklyn Nets I mean who knows what they're going to look like Frankly, for God's sake, Russell Westbrook could be their point guard with Ben Simmons. 
playing what the five is that what's still gonna happen goodness me crazy crazy stuff i i frankly don't quite know how that's gonna turn out and obviously part of me much like you wherever you are listening to this podcast fascinated to see what the next few months are are going to be like for the Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks, the Knicks for us, I mean, the sad part for the podcast is like, now that the draft, the draft is over and the Knicks have gotten a big, you know, free agent acquisition here in Jalen Brunson, Knicks, Knicks offseason is, is almost kind of complete. Not much, not much more for them to do. And, you know, we might talk a little bit of summer league. We'll see. There'll still be Knicks news. There'll still be Knicks news and notes. There'll be NBA offseason news that, that we certainly will talk about. But it's going to be interesting. You know, Knicks fans can kind of r- relax a little bit, just a little bit, and, and see what happens in Brooklyn. My goodness. Wild, wild stuff. But in the end, if you're the Nets, can you be that surprised? Not too sure about that. That's how we'll wrap things up this week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening to the show week in and week out. We've got podcast content for you every week. Stick with us on postingandtoasting.com for written content as well. I'm going to try to get an article out this week or next week. Very excited to continue uh, what's already been a really fun start uh, writing for the website. And read our other writers on there as well on postingandtoasting.com. And hit me up in the comments. Let me know what you think about the Knicks, the Nets, and the NBA offseason as a whole. You can go to the comments, postingandtoasting.com, and the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo. Or as always, as many of you prefer to do, at SJ7 on Twitter is the best place to reach me. And again, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. And I will see you all next time. Have a great week, everybody.